Hello and welcome to Call Bank Sports. Tonight the Jazz beat the Sacramento Kings in a game that's much closer than the final score looks like to improve to 40 and 13. I believe they extended their home winning streak to 24 games, which is the longest in Jazz history. And here's the kicker. They haven't lost a home game in the 2021 in the year of 2021. So the only two home games they've lost were back in December. So it's just Absolutely bonkers, especially on a night night like tonight where I believe the Kings were up 12 to 1. That's an 11-point lead. They came out absolutely on fire, and the Jazz fought back, took the lead at the end of the first, didn't have it going into halftime. Um, I can't remember the end of the third quarter, but man, to just be fighting and to have that lead pretty much lose it after allowing the Kings to go on a run in the fourth quarter. And then to come out and to win by 16 points is absolutely incredible. If you can leave a like and subscribe, we're going to dive deep into this and we're going to talk about what where the Jazz really benefited from. So tonight, they were able to improve their three-point shooting a lot over the last few games. It still wasn't the greatest of all time. They were 18 of 50 for 36%, but that's much improved after, I believe, shooting under 30% each of the last three games. And that really being one of the main reasons they lost to Dallas and a big reason that they lost to Phoenix. So this was definitely a step in the right direction for Utah to look at the box score and kind of some more individual um, three-point shooting. O'Neal is still really struggling. He was 0 for 2. Um, Bojan couldn't hit. He was 0 for 4. Conley, great night, was 5 for 10. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a really good uh, second half after having a pretty abysmal first half. And he was three for 12, so not that great, but better than the other guys. Niang was on fire with going four or five. And Ingles continues to shoot close to, if not over, 50% still. And he hit five for 10. So you have some, you have those players who had great nights, Niang, Ingles, and, um, and Conley. The players who just had really bad nights, Royce Bogdanovich and Oni was one for seven. And then Mitchell, who had a pretty bad night, but not terrible from behind the, from behind the arc. So the Jazz are definitely taking a step in the right direction on their three-point shooting. They're going to play the Wizards on Monday, and that's going to be um, a fast-paced game. They're going to have to do what they did tonight and stop this and stop them. Um, from scoring in transition, just like they stopped Sacramento. It actually was really impressive what they were able to do. They held um, Sacramento to 14 points on on fast breaks, which Sacramento, that's their bread and, be- that's their bread and butter. De'Aaron Fox just absolutely is one of the best players in the league in transition, and being able to take that away from him set the Jazz up for success and helped them stay in for most of the game. Now, what happened? What helped Sacramento be able to stay in for most of the for a lot more of the game than I expected was um, De'Aaron Fox shot four for seven from three. To put that into perspective, that's over fifty percent, and his season stats for three point shooting are thirty two percent. So typically, you'd expect to see him make two, maybe three of those shots, and him being able to just hit those shots, especially when his inside game is being taken away 
by Rudy Gobert really helped the Kings. And the Kings are by no means a bad team. If um, The fact that they were this close to the Jazz for pretty much the whole game, I mean, they have a lot of talent. Their starters are really good. And they've went on some really incredible stretches here during this season that kind of had made me excited for, you know, Buddy Hill, De'Aaron Fox, um, for Holmes, and for Luke Walton. But they're not able to do it consistently. So they might win seven of eight like they did after the All-Star break. And I think that this is their sixth loss in a row. I might be wrong on that. That's just me doing some memory recall there. But that's why they're kind of like fighting for the play-in game and hoping to make it there. After last season when I believe they were the ninth or the tenth team, like right just knocking on the door. But they've got a lot of special players, and I'd love to see Sacramento improve and become more of a force in the West. But I'm not sure if it's going to happen, and I don't even know if Luke Walton is going to be employed as um, by the organization at the end of the year. So props to Sacramento for having a great game, especially props to overall um, Richard Holmes, I believe, who was the only player. Okay, I take that back. Um, Wright was also in the positive but the only starter in the positive for the Kings, and he was plus 18. So to put that into perspective, De'Aaron Fox, who had a really good offensive game and definitely helped the Kings tonight, was minus 26. So the fact that Holmes was in the positive by such a wide margin shows a lot about who he is as a player and the potential that he has in the league. But, man... Tonight, Gobert had a rough night, but Donovan Mitchell just really, I mean, when you look at it, yeah, 12 for 31 from the field isn't that good of a stat line. The free throws helped him a lot. He had, he shot a career high for um, 17 free throw attempts tonight. He made 15 of those. So that's where most of his points came from, was just getting inside and getting to the line. But really you need to put it in perspective based off on how rough of a first half he had and how exhausted he looked compared to the second half that he had and how explosive he was. He's the reason that the Jazz were able to go on a run um, and get back in it in the third quarter. Mike Conley, excuse me, Mike Conley and him were absolutely dominant down the stretch. I believe that um, David Locke said tonight that Mike Conley is 12 of 19 in the clutch, which is just an incredibly high percentage there. So the, that um, solid play with under five minutes left in the close game is what turned this game all of a sudden into a game that could have went down to the last possession into the Jazz winning by 16 points. It was just a really special game from Utah being able to fight, um, even though they were down they were down a lot early early in this game um if you guys can leave a like and we can keep this stream going and leave your thoughts in the chat i'd love to get a discussion rolling with you and hear what you guys think about the jazz and where they're at and where they're going to go this season taking a look at 538 and also basketball reference um 538 still puts the jazz finishing 54 and 18. So that has them finishing this season, I believe, 14 and 5. Just easily taking the one seed in the West by four games over the Suns 
as well as taking the overall one seed in the NBA. So that would be awesome to lock up home court advantage for the entire playoffs, especially with Vivint getting closer and closer to full capacity. And possibly, fingers crossed if it's healthy, um, full capacity come playoff time. This is a special year, and it would really sting to not have as many people in Vivint as possible come May and come the first round. The Jazz are one of the best home teams in NBA history, and they've definitely cemented that legacy this year, going 24-2 and at home. So looking at 538, sorry, looking at basketball reference playoff predictions, they also put the Jazz um, at about, they put the Jazz around 54-55 wins, um, 17-ish losses, easily taking the overall, um, easily taking the one seed in the West and the best record in the NBA. It's something that's just really special to watch the Jazz this year just really take a step forward in where the NBA is going when it comes to offensive efficiency to be on that leading edge and to not be doing what the Rockets did or what Dallas did last year and play offense and no defense, but be able to put up those offensive numbers as well as be one of the best half-court defensive teams in the league like they've been the last few years. So just while they have struggled from three this week, other than the Dallas game, their defense has definitely kept them in the game and helped them be able to, you know, go go two and two this week instead of, frankly, with how bad they've been shooting from three, going 0-4. So, I mean, obviously we prefer not splitting the games this week, but it's definitely better than being on a four-game losing streak right now. Um, Carter said, close and tight. Glad we expanded the lead in the fourth. Yeah, it was fun game. Bit worrisome, and it was nice to extend the lead there with uh, with two, three minutes left and just really seal the deal to not have to, you know, be sitting at the edge of our seats like we were for the Suns game. Um, C. Chiver says, hey, man, how are you? I'm doing good. School's getting stressful. Um, my final start this week, so... Not going to be following the Jazz as much as I'd like, but I'll be here Monday for the post game after the Wizards game, and then I'll be back on the um, for the weekly episode next Saturday and for the Lakers game. So I am overall kind of disappointed. I believe the Lakers announced some updates for LeBron James and for Anthony Davis, and while I wasn't expecting you um, them to be back against Utah this upcoming weekend, it's pretty much official now that they aren't. So we're going to have. When the whole season, without playing Anthony Davis once, um, we're not going to have played LeBron. J- we're only going to have played LeBron James one time, and that's going to be really rough if we end up facing the Lakers in the finals, or not in the finals in the playoffs. They and I don't really know how the Jazz are going to match up against the Lakers. We did really well against them when they didn't have Dennis Schroeder and um, AD, but. All of a sudden, you add in someone kind of similar to Russell Westbrook, who the Jazz at times struggle guarding, and someone who Gobert then has to guard in AD, and they might have to guard him um, on the perimeter. And then, if the Lakers do what they've said they will, and they put um, Drummond at center and play AD at power forward, all of a sudden, that's just a really big lineup. And you have to have Gobert on Drummond. So how are you going to be able to guard LeBron James and AD? And at that point, I think you have to start Derek Favors. 
it might not be the most ideal scenario. And you, especially with how Royce is shooting right now, you don't necessarily want to start Royce, Favors, and Gobert. But I think you need O'Neal on LeBron, um, Gobert on Drummond, and you need Favors on AD. So I'll be intrigued to see what they do if we end up playing the Lakers and if that ends up being their starting lineup. Um, C. Trevor said, I'm glad they're starting to come out of that three-point slump. Slump. Me too. I don't, I mean, now is the time in the season you want to get it, if you're going to get it. If they're going to go into a slump, you know, hopefully come out of it going into the playoffs and be able to take the one seed and continue to do what they were doing at the beginning of the, well, at the middle of the year instead of where they're at now and to be strong for the playoffs. But thankfully it hasn't damaged the Jazz too much this week. And I think against the Wizards, they're going to, against the Wizards in Oklahoma City, they're going to be able to pretty much get out of that. Um, Gary Nelson, who is your finals matchup? Oh, who is who are my finals matchup? Well, I feel like that's a hard question to answer right now with LeBron James and AD being out and not sure when they're getting back in the form that they can get into. Um, I know that the easiest one to say is Lakers-Nets. I have a hard time seeing the Nets not being not being the team that makes it out of the East. And the Lakers are really good. And so while I think the Jazz could give them a run for their money, the Jazz are also going to have to give other teams a run for their money. Like the Jazz are going to end up playing two of these four teams, like guaranteed. They're going to end up playing either of the LA teams, the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. And while I think we're capable of beating all of them, when it gets to a seven game series, that's going to be really tough. And the Nuggets have been so dominant coming out of um, the all-star break. I don't think they've lost a game. I think they're 9-0. They almost lost to the Spurs the other night, but the key word there being almost. So that's honestly, other than the other Suns game, um, that Denver game is probably the big game I'm watching for down the stretch. There's not a lot of other games that really are going to be pivotal and show possible um, things that could possibly happen in the playoffs. So you have one more game against the Suns, one more game against Denver, and one more game against the Trailblazers. And you know, maybe the Trailblazers are going to give us a tough time in the third and final game of the year. I'm not sure after what after what happened this past Thursday night, I believe. So really what I'm kind of watching for is how they're going to do in those three games because those are really the only three teams they're going to play that actually kind of gives you an idea of what's going on and what could happen in the playoffs, at least on the west side of the bracket. Um, Carter said, realistically, how many games in a row can the Jazz make this two-game streak? That's a good question. Um, If I go and pull up the Jazz schedule really quick, just so I have it comprehensive in front of me, um, I think that they're going to be more than capable of beating LA twice in Los Angeles this week and sweeping them. Obviously, it doesn't really mean that much when you're not playing their best players and they're just pretty much broken. Uh, so Washington, Oklahoma City, Indiana, a couple games at Los Angeles, Houston. You have Minnesota, um, Sacramento again on the 28th, Phoenix on the 30th. So that's another, up until Phoenix, that's nine more games. So Jazz might drop one of these, could happen. But I would not be shocked to see the Jazz get their third double-digit um winning streak of the year. And then after they play Phoenix, you have Toronto, San Antonio back um, in a couple of games and then Denver and then Houston. So 
probably not going to see them make it past 14 or 15. That would be really impressive, but I don't think that's going to happen, especially with kind of like the bouncing around with travel and also how many, they have a lot of back-to-backs. You know, Monday, Tuesday this week is Washington, OKC. Friday, Saturday is Indiana, Los Angeles. Um, And then they don't have another back-to-back until April 30th, May 1st. But it's a tight schedule heading down the stretch. And the Jazz don't have as tight of a schedule as other teams. But they're definitely going to um, possibly rest some players up here. I know that Mike played his first back-to-back in a while this week when he played against Portland. But he played less than 20 minutes, I think, or around the 20-minute mark. So I'm not sure what they're going to do. And four games is a pretty decent size, is a pretty decent lead if that's what ends up happening um, per the 538 predictions. But if you drop a couple, things start getting really scary, especially depending on who you drop them to. Um, Sawyer Parker says that was a scary game first half. Could not agree more. That was a super concerning first half. Uh, Overall, though, I really did think the Jazz were going to pull it out. And that's what's been really nice this year about this team is that in other years, I would have been really concerned for most of this game. And I was concerned for some of it. But Utah has just done such a good job of being so consistent and just winning the games that they're supposed to. They've pretty much won every game they're supposed to, uh, besides the 4-4 start to the season and the skid right after the All-Star break. So I I expected them to win because Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley, and Rudy Gobert, even if Gobert had an off night, they're just that good that they're going to come out there with that energy. Um, Carter says, if one team in the West were to take the first seed from the Jazz, which team would it be? Um, I really think that it would be the Suns, just because they're the closest right now. And if they start win- and if they just win all of the games that are kind of 50-50 toss-ups, but just taking a look at kind of what 538 is, is looking at. Um, they put the Nuggets at six games out from the Jazz. And if I were to go to the NBA standings, just since I don't have those memorized, um, and see where the Nuggets are. Since the Clippers have definitely been doing well since the All-Star break, but the Nuggets have been doing the best. The Nuggets are currently six games back from the Jazz. So I really just... If any team's going to do it, it would be the Suns. Um, but the Jazz are, you know, have are, have are have four more wins. Let's see really quick. So the Suns have played 51 games to the Jazz's 53. So, yeah, the Suns, if they were to win their next two, would only be two games back on the Jazz. But I don't think that that's going to happen. Or... I I just don't see any team doing good enough to catch the Jazz. The Jazz are just that far ahead right now that the Jazz would have to drop and another team would have to just be playing insane basketball to be able to win. Um, Well, happy birthday, Sawyer. That's exciting. Um, And then C. Chivers says, honestly, I am not sure about the Jazz this year. They could lose in the second round and they could win the championship. Yeah, and if they lose in the second round this year, I don't even know if that's... It will be disappointing, but I don't know if that's a disappointment. Um, 
if they keep the one seed, there's no questions asked, even though there are some good teams that could be in that eighth seed, um, like the Pelicans, the Trailblazers, maybe the Mavericks. They, they need to win. That would be a disappointment. But it could be scary even if they got the two seed. But I, I do think they'll lock in that one seed. But if you're playing in the second round, if you're going to play the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets and you lose to that team, like those are good teams. Those are just some really good teams who have had some negative injury impact this year. And the Clippers just kind of bring that on themselves with resting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as much as they do. But yeah, that would be a scary second round matchup. One that frankly, if they lost would be disappointing, but I don't think they'd be a disappointment. But yeah, I totally feel you on this where the Jazz, if they sneak to the finals and somehow make it past the the Western Conference finals and somehow make it past the Lakers, um, whether that be in the second round or the first or the or the last round, they're gonna be playing the Nets. And I don't know how they're gonna do, but I wasn't expecting to talk about the Jazz making the finals this year. Dale and I at the beginning of the year were like, Western Conference Finals, like, you need to make the second round. You, you can't lose in the first round again. You're good enough. You have Donovan Mitchell. You have Rudy Gobert. I mean, perennial all-stars. You have Mike Conley, who was finally an all-star this year. You can't go and lose in the first round this year. But will you make it out of the second round? And Dale and I said, yeah, we think they can. So, But to now go from them being like, oh, Western Conference Finals, that would be an achievement and that would make us really happy to it being the possibility of them winning the Western Conference Finals and making the NBA Finals. That's something that's just absolutely amazing to even consider. Hey, well, thank you everyone for joining us on the stream tonight. If you haven't left a like yet, please do. And if you're not subscribed, do that as well. We do post games after every game this year. Um, we did miss one. Dale slipped through his, but you know, things happen. So we're going to keep doing this and we're going to go through the playoffs. So thank you so much again to everyone for watching. And I'll see you guys Monday night after the Jazz Wizards game.